This is Nerd's Eye View, and it's episode 256. I'm Jordan. I'm joined by Andrew. Hi. Welcome. And by Adam. Hello. It's me. How's it going? Welcome, Adam. Why are we going to say Andrew? I'm sorry, I cut you off. I don't even... I was going to say, and there's at least five other people in this room, that, but we're not going to talk about them. Well, they're all underneath the floorboards. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Fuck those guys. Um, we're reviewing Hateful Eight, if you hadn't figured that out already. But before that, we've got our top ten. We've got our new releases. We've got our guesting endings after that. And then at the very end of the show, we got the discussion. But you know how we do. So let's do the top ten. <clears throat> It's been a while, boys. Count me down. Whoa. I, uh, this is too, too many for number 10. The Hateful Eight. But it's a few more than number nine. The Unger Games. Mock and Jay Part 2. And if you talk about that, you're going to bring me to number eight. Point break. But I'll definitely suffer a number seven. Concussion. After having a number six. The big short. All because I made the mistake of seeing number five. Alvin and the chipmunks, the road chip. What the fuck? <laughs> Who comes with these names? The, they are brothers, not number four. Sisters. You might feel a little bit of number three. Joy. When number two. Daddy's home. Because that means you get to go see number one. Star Wars, The Force Awakens. That's a that's not a surprise. Really, no. the road chip. Really, <laughs> the road chip. I really angry you. Yes, I'm so pissed off right now. <laughs> God damn it, Alvin. And can you guess what number Alvin in the Chipmunks film this is? No, it's the fourth of the animated ones of these recent ones. Do they still have that one guy in it? Uh, he left and came back. <laughs> yeah. What's his name? Because they made more money, so he's like, oh, I should get on that. Well, <laughs> probably because he didn't have anything else going. <laughs> Right. He had a TV show for a while. Who? Uh, are we all talking about the same guy? Yeah. It's the guy from the first one? Yeah. He's back for this new one. Yeah, who is But he it? wasn't in the second one. I've but. seen the first two of these. They're not good. <laughs> They're not good. I saw David the f- Cross was in the first one. I saw the first one. That's insane, right? Yeah. Oh, I hit the wrong button. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I messed up. But yeah, uh, you know, it's good that the film we're reviewing is actually in the top ten. Even though it's Jason in a very Lee. limited release. You're talking about I, Jason Lee, the guy yeah. who plays Dave. I yeah. like Jason Lee. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, real, a, it's real sad. That this it's is had a couple of failed TV shows. It's a damn shame. And I think the three chipmunks are still voiced by the same people, which is insane to me. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Because, not I mean, not the same people from the old show, but like the same people that from the reboot start. And those are like actual famous people. That's pretty crazy. Who? That's, I don't even like uh, uh, Walt Disney. Yeah. Brought him back. No, Jesse McCartney? That's one of them. Who the fuck is Jesse McCartney? Exactly. Now you say that, but back Justin Long. Yeah. Matthew Gray. Oh, he's the guy from Criminal Minds. And Jesse McCartney. Uh Yeah. So They were the original ones too in the in the reboots. Look look how young he is. I have no idea who the fuck that is. Yes. They've been around since it started a while ago. When was that first reboot? Oh five? It's probably been. Well, the Squeakquel came out in 2009. Squeakquel. So maybe 07. Maybe they're doing one every other year or so. And then Chipwrecked was the last one in 2011. God damn it. Stop it. What a world. So the first one was in 2007. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like clockwork. 
It's because it every makes two money. years, man, it makes money. It's weird, does it? It's I don't wild. like it. I don't like it. They made look at they're almost at forty million. And it's only been out two weeks. It's insane for Alvin and the Chipmunks, the road chip, mm-hmm. and all the other ones straight on the hood. No, that was their catchphrase. Yeah, that was a catchphrase straight thing because straight out of Compton was coming uh, out when they're doing advertising. <clears throat> yeah, it just it's and I really can't stand their voices. No, I hate it. <laughs> like it hurts. I hate it so <laughs> much. It's painful. Like I, I was waiting in line with my dad to go see Star Wars, and he saw the Alvin and the Chipmunks. And he's like, "Oh, he used to love those guys." It's like, yeah, it's not the same. It's, <laughs> not, the same. <laughs> it's not the same. You, you it's definitely not. You won't like it. So Point Break's gonna fail hard. Hasn't it Probably. already? Yeah. Uh, it only made you know, it made ten million in one week, <laughs> in a whole week. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it did have some pretty big competition, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, Do you think they were just burning that? Do you think they were just like, we gotta get this out? No, uh, I think I they're. Mean, they- I think they're really thinking they had something because <laughs> they went. Uh, Maybe like, they thought they had something when because they went to Butler like was supposed they to went be to like Bodie, South. But- they went to like a bunch of different oh, that locations. Been good. Well, yeah, it was supposed to be Gerard Butler, and I don't even remember who the other guy was going to be, but that's already like, okay, I like this better. Instead, yeah. Gerard Butler did that weird Egyptian god movie. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about bad choices. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, mean, the, the, the Point Break and Joy have a similar, have a same actor in them, the, the guy who plays Bodhi. Mm-hmm. He's in both of those, which Patrick I think Patrick Swayze? Yeah. Yeah. They brought him back. Yep. I wish. <sighs> don't we all wish, right? Yeah, we're missing you, Swayze. No Swayze, no Wazy, man. Uh, but yeah, I think we'll have some bonus reviews of some of these films uh, in the coming time. Will we? Yeah, some of these. Which ones? Not all. Of them. Uh, probably Concussion. Definitely Joy. And Joy mm-hmm. and Sisters. Yeah, The Road Ship. It's kind of maybe, like maybe even Daddy's Home because that just looks dumb. It's kind of like some summer and winter is like these onslaught of films. That are really crazy, and, and you want to see them. And they're not all necessarily really good, but they're not all necessarily really bad either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's you a good time. Just want to see them. Yeah, I not? only see movies if they make over five hundred million. Well, in a week. Well, so hmm. that's a limited number. <laughs> so I'll go see Avatar and Jurassic Park and Titanic. Titanic. <laughs> and then now Star Wars and Avengers. So all right. So if you don't want to go to the theaters we're going to tell you a couple of things you could watch at home that are coming out new this week here are the new releases uh first up on dvd and blu-ray uh a film called bone tomahawk this is another kurt russell western yeah and uh happened. he's got the same facial hair yeah, yeah. well it's that's great i think fate. he's just like i guess i can only be in westerns right now because this is what i look is this like. recent yeah. yeah yeah like this year Okay. Yeah. It's been on Netflix for a while, which right. is kind of weird that it's just now it. coming to DVD. I haven't seen it at Maybe all. It had a weird release. It yeah. is some pretty sweet facial hair, though. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then also, I I honestly thought this came out already, but I guess not. DVD and Blu-ray, we got Hot Tub Time Machine 2. Yeah, I thought this came out I a while ago. I didn't see Tis it. Tis the season. Yeah. The first either. one was funny. Yeah. I thought the first one was pretty oh, I funny. The first one. I, really? don't, I didn't see the first one. Did you see the second one? That's weird. No. The first, I thought the first one was funny. I should watch the first one just to see it. I can't talk about the second. I didn't see the second one, but it's uh, good for them. All right, moving on to DVD only. Uh, this is the film that we will play our little game for, where mm, you two gentlemen will attempt to guess the uh, what this film is about based on what little information that I will give you. 
What's it about? This film is called Jenny's Wedding. It's coming out on DVD only this week. Oh. Uh, uh, just to clarify, neither of you have heard of this film? No. Nope. If you have, you don't remember the details? No. Uh, haven't heard it. Okay, well, I'm clicking on the link and it's not working. This happens, I think, every time. Do you want to use my laptop? Because you're no, on an I iPad. It, I got it, I got it. Way to go, Apple. I mean, yeah, I am on an iPad. I, I, I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to deny what's happening right now. I'm not going to deny that it's failing me. <laughs> failing! What the hell? Why do you do this, Apple? Why I do don't you do know. This, this is very strange. Hello from... It's opening the App Store. Good Hello. job. Great job, everyone. This, well, we're I'm going to switch well over prepared. to my phone. Here we go. Oh, God. Let's let's skip ahead real quick and play the uh, TVD, which which might have already been spoiled for us before. Yeah, it was completely show. spoiled. But coming out on TVD is Ray Donovan, mm-hmm. which I'm going to say Jordan has seen all of it, but that's I think that's wrong now that I know what I know. Jordan, tell us about Ray Donovan. Don't you love that show? Uh, I've seen a couple episodes. It's pretty good. Oh uh, look, it opened right up on my phone, so Apple's not a problem. Well. It's my iPad's not open. I didn't look at it, though. I saw that it was opening, I and I turned it. I saw. I saw. Okay. What did Here you we go. See? Resuming the game. Resuming the game. Okay. Jenny's Wedding. Jenny's Wedding. Uh, it is a film that is coming out onto DVD only. Onto yes. on to DVD only. Mm-hmm. DVD only. Onto DVD. DVD only. Uh, okay. I guess... I don't even know what to give you. I can give you... Uh, uh, Adam. What information One would you like? One quarter piece. Would you like... <laughs> Would you like the name of the actress who plays Jenny? Or would you like, uh, you know. <laughs> okay, so you, so you know it's Jenny's wedding. Yeah. Okay, would you like to, to either know who plays Jenny mm-hmm. or who Jenny is getting married to? Mm. The actor or the name of the character? Well, that wouldn't be much help, would it? I'm going to shrug at that. That's a oh, shrug. That's oh, a solid shrug. Whoa. Why? Because I don't know the actor. <laughs> That's just a solid Give me shrug. the actress. Who? Give me Jenny. Okay. Jenny is played by Katherine Heigl. So this is fairly recent. Well, I'm guessing it's probably a romantic comedy then. Yeah. So it's probably it's, it's Catherine Heigl. Yeah, what, what sometime between right like 2006 and now. Um, fuck, that does not. I mean, it's just a generic fucking. I could. This is easy. I got this. Then All right, do it. She meets a man. All right, and they uh, everything's good. They meet through friends, and they're like everything's good. And then and then the guy does something bad, and they're like, oh no, he's a bad guy. And then so about middle of the movie, they're broken up. They're, everything's going bad. And everything looks like it's going terrible. And then he gets a crazy idea. And he goes and he professes his love for her in a really romantic way. And then at the end, they get back together. And everything's kosher. Am I right? And then I, they get married. Who's Jenny getting married to? Jordan? I don't know the name of the character, I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. But this, I mean, if you know who this is, then you'll know one big thing about the film. Uh, Jenny is getting married to uh, a character played by actress Alexis Bledel. Oh. <laughs> is this a porno? <laughs> Alexis Bledel. Why so is this? this this is like uh, kind of a... not not a, I wouldn't say a romantic comedy. I'd say it's more about uh, 
the fact that it's these two women coming together and kind of how their families are dealing with it. And it's a little comedic in that, you know, this is kind of a stressful time for everybody, but they're finding humor in it. You know what I mean? And just kind of about what these two women have to go through to get married and recognized and to kind of get around the stigma um, while still, you know, trying not to be too sad about, about how difficult it is for them. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of close to that. It's that, um, Jenny's family is very old school mm-hmm. and then they find out that, um, she's getting married and that the person that they thought was oh. her roommate. That's the chicken 50 shades of gray. They uh-huh. thought that her roommate was actually her, you know, her lover now, you know, fiance. Uh, and so her old fashioned family has to either get with the times or get out. Yep. And uh, Tom Wilkinson is a is a father in this, I believe. Jenny's My father. goodness! So yeah, it's. Uh, I've been looking forward to this film because I like Alexis Bledel. Do you? She's been in some shitty films. Yes, right? she has. This probably isn't going to change it. <laughs> uh, no, it's going to be the best. <laughs> okay. It's been on like Netflix for like a month, I think. <laughs> Hopefully, How to Be Single will be good. What? Why did you come up with that all of a sudden? Because I'm looking forward to that as well. As a trailer before Joy. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um. And then yeah, the last is TV. I've seen a bit of it. It's <laughs> it's good. It's just kind of dark. Have you guys seen it? Have you guys seen of it? Any mm-hmm. of it at all? I mean, he's basically a guy Sabretooth. who used Ray to be uh, like an enforcer for the mob, and kind of got his life together a little bit. I don't know. I mean, that's that's the feeling I got now from the first season. He he's the guy that you call when you want to fix a problem, and he does it any way possible. Mm-hmm. So he's like the and, wolf, and he's got like he's got kind of a messed up family and they're trying to drag him down and he's also his trouble staying faithful like it's just i thought he was a it's kind of a crazy life no um, then it would be called ray donovan pd pd yeah <laughs> <coughs> nypd not a joke that's why donovan that's how PD. tv shows work all right so now that we've done that and i'm telling you these like that's I, it new releases like are sparse because it's in that weird period between well, it's because everyone put out all their movies before black friday and, yeah. and a couple weeks before Christmas. Yeah, and now Christmas is over, and it's just, there's nothing. And now they're waiting till next year, so they'll be on the ballot. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that's it for the... It's too late! ...new releases. Uh, go check all those out, <laughs> wherever you check those things out. Uh, when Nerds IV returns, we'll have our review of Hateful Eight. Hi, I'm Brendan Creasy. And I'm Phil Vecchio. And we are the hosts of Radio Brendo Man on the Benview Network. We talk about all kinds of stuff on our podcast. Like what? Like toys and movies and video games and books and other stuff. Poo. Talk about poo. Definitely talk about poo. And you, if you, if that sounds cool to you, and we talk about it every week, go to radiobrendo.com or go to our page on benvnetwork.com. And yeah, thanks a lot. room for one more. They call him the hangman. When the handbill says dead or alive, the rest of us just shoot you in the back and up on top of perch somewhere and bring you in dead over a saddle. But when John Roof the hangman catches you, 
you hang. Get in, boys! This here is Daisy Domergoo. She's wanted dead or alive for murder. When that sun comes out, I'm taking this woman to hang. Is there anybody here committed to stopping me from doing that? Well, well, well. Looks like Minnie's haberdashery is about to get cozy for the next few days. Yes, it does. One of them fellas is not what he says he is. Move a little strange, you're gonna get a bullet. Not a warning, not a question. A bullet. The Hateful Eight. It's a movie. Directed, written by Quentin Tarantino. Mm, the man Starring with the legend. Samuel L. Jackson. Look, I have an important question before we get Kurt going. Kurt Russell. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Are we going to be opening up that fruitcake later? Nope. Uh, you're such a tease. You're killing me right now. Tim Roth. Walter Goggins. Wal- Walton Goggins. Thank Walton you very much. Goggins. Uh, well, and I'm out. I'm Michael Madsen. I died. Bruce <laughs> died real early. James Park. Zoe Bell. Gene Jones. Okay, that's enough out of you. Belinda Owino. And our, and our beautiful baby boy, Channing Tatum. Channing fucking Tatum. All right. Here we go. We're going we're gonna to try to review this, this monster of a movie. It's so long. It is very long. It, but, you know, watching it, you don't, you don't feel like overburdened. I'm going to say. Because of the way it's structured. Yeah. Let me... Let me let also, me. Andrew got up during the intermission and didn't get me any raisinets. What? You yeah. didn't say you wanted... Hey, bullshit. Hey. I said, can you get me some raisinets? I did not hear you say that. Yes. Theater fell. Okay. What, what we should explain to people is, Hateful Eight, if you, if you don't recall, is a, a film about, uh, you know, about eight people are stuck in a cabin. Technically in the, nine. <clears throat> yeah. With OB. Ob is there. No spoilers. Ob no. is there. That's okay. Ob, he's not hateful. No, he's not. Uh, yeah, he's the only not hateful character. <laughs> so uh, uh, he hates the storm. It's the and that door. Oh, it's it's some <laughs> short time after after the Civil War. There is a, a storm, a blizzard raging, and all these people have to hang out in a cabin, uh, including a bounty hunter and uh, the bounty that he's bringing in, uh, which uh, you know is going to cause some some troubles. Yep. Mm. Uh, but yeah, this this version that we saw is actually what they call the roadshow version, uh, which was uh, released before the wide release of the film. Uh, so we got to see things like uh, they had. It's, it was in seventy millimeter, right? Uh, ultra yeah. widescreen, ultra widescreen, which was beautiful, oh, gorgeous. Man. It looks so good. Uh, it included an overture at the beginning, uh, which was nice. It really, like you know, dropped you into the film. Yeah, it wasn't anything special. Like it's not something that I've never heard before. Mm. But it, it just gets you in the mood for the film. Like Tarantino's get, always got great scores. You get too. in the middle of that music, and you're like, all right, I'm ready. Mm. And it and it's lasts longer than you'd think. He spends just as much thing. time on his music as he does on the visuals, <laughs> right, right? And it shows. And then or uh, it doesn't show. 
It hears. <laughs> it it hears. listens. <laughs> it sounds. It sounds. <clears throat> and uh, more than halfway through the film, uh, we got a little intermission. Yeah, it's like an hour forty-five. Let's mm-hmm. go. It's at a very, uh, I would say, suspenseful moment. Yeah, it's not. It has nothing to do with uh, the actual time. It's at the end of. I mean, the movie's divided into chapters. Yeah, which is classic Tarantino. And it's uh, at the end. I think the fourth chapter. Yeah. R- uh, at the end of that chapter, that's when we get the intermission, and it's so well placed because it gives the audience time to just absorb. Yeah. What they've been watching and. Uh, and just kind of, kind of come to terms with like what this movie is. Yeah, and I, I don't, I want to say more in the discussion, of course, but uh, all I'll say about that is that I feel like the film changes gears after that point. Oh, it becomes a different movie, and in a almost. really delightful way, like and in a way that's really interesting. And it, and in such a way that it changes your outlook on what you've been watching. Yeah, yeah. You, it, it puts that in a different contrast, mm-hmm. and that's incredible mm-hmm. that that a filmmaker can do that. They can just give us. Because there's, what, two more chapters afterwards, and that one chapter after the intermission changes everything. Mm -hmm. And that's incredible. Uh, But yeah, this is a a great cast. This is like a... Super, super good. Strong cast. Well, I've been telling everyone, like, not obviously, like, pivotal points of the movie, but when they, like, they asked me, like, is it better than his other movies? I was like, it's different. Not completely different, but it's not like a huge movie like Django where they're going to different places and things are happening. It's a tiny room, and you just get to watch good actors be good mm-hmm. with Tarantino writing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I like about it. Like you just get to watch him be amazing. Mm. Well, uh, um, it was originally performed uh, uh, in a live reading. Um, I have the date and time on that over here somewhere, uh, but with a very similar cast. Uh, most of the cast was the same, and where is that information? Oh, April nineteenth, twenty fourteen. Oh. At the Ace Hotel in Los Angeles. Oh yeah, I heard uh, about it was that. It's a benefit yeah. live read of this script. Tickets. I looked at tickets. They were very expensive. Yeah, yeah they're hard to get. And uh, basically, the cast was mostly the same. What I think was interesting, according to this, um, Bob was originally from France. Mm-hmm. It was Bob oh. from France instead of the Mexican. Bob. He the was Mexican. funny. Interesting. Yeah, Damien Bashir uh, in the film plays Bob the Mexican, and, and he's uh, a great actor. I thought that was great. Yeah, he's great actor. It's really interesting to see these. Some of these. I mean, Damien Bashir. I kind of. He was what mostly dramatic is what we kind of know him as. Right. Like, it's so interesting to see him take a break from that and do, but it's comedy in the Tarantino style. It's not, you know, cracking a joke. Really, it's it's kind of the way that these characters interact with each other is is really funny. I mean, he's done a couple funny roles. He was in Machete Kills. Oh, okay. I mean, I Everyone was in Machete though. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say he's in the Heat, films. but he's not funny in the Heat. No, he's not funny in the. He's heat. just regular. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really uh, it's really interesting to see you know how how every all these different characters interact, which is that's what I was really itching for. The film really takes a while to get going. Yeah, it's because it's it, it follows. Its it starts with the the hangman uh, Kurt Russell's character uh, who is trying to bring in. I felt the whole wagon part felt a little too. It felt like it took too long to get to the place. Well, that's because you wanted to get to the place. Yeah. That was me too. I was like, I want to get to the place, if, but you needed that build up. Yeah. You really did. I really feel like this film took its time and it knew that it was taking its time. And it and it, it almost for me it does it on in purpose on purpose because like we need to remember like traveling is not was not how it is today. Well, like, this think- was this was a plotting thing. Mm-hmm. This was a dangerous long trek through snow where anything could go wrong and you had to be a skilled person mm-hmm. in order to 
pick your way through a mountain when it was like this. Well, and they also mentioned that you have to be a skilled person to even drive those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, because they mentioned it's like, can you even drive a four horse wagon? And apparently no. it must be very difficult. And he was, and OB was driving a six, six horse wagon yeah. Yeah. Uh, through the snow. And, and when you look at where they were sitting in there, like, it's not a comfortable ride. No. Their window, there are no closed windows. Yeah. It's freezing. It's bumpy. Like, this was, this was a, a, a pain just to get to where we're going. I think that sets up the reason why they're stuck there. It's because it, they they establish how hard it is to travel through there. Just to get there in the first and they place. They find Sam Jackson like his horse is dead. Like mm. just to start off the movie, like his horse couldn't even make it through there. Major Marquis where Warren Marquis Marquis. Mar- well, if it's French, then I mean, Marquis. I I kind of enjoyed that um, when you do meet um, the the sheriff character mm. uh, Walton Goggins. He seems to purposely mispronounce everyone's names oh, yep. and that some of his pronunciations are stuck in my head and so i don't even know if i'm saying the names right but it's <laughs> it was really fun it's kind of like implied that he's just uneducated and walton and goggins is so great in this and he's film. so he's so good yeah he's so good he's he incredible he, like i liked him in Django, but i loved him in this i, I barely even remember him in Django. that's <sighs> what i'm gonna tell you right now he's, oh really yeah he was a he was not as big as he was in this mm-hmm. he was a smaller part he was one of uh Calvin Candy's henchman. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. figured. He's like, I go walking in the moonlight with you. <laughs> so J- John Ruth, which is Kurt Russell, uh, is bringing in Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, she plays Daisy Domergue, mm-hmm. and uh, she needs to hang yeah. for she hang. murder. And she's worth ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars. And uh, he's that poor he's girl. trying to get to Red Rock. Isn't it Red Rock? Yeah, Red that Rock. poor girl gets beat up so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! There are definitely people on the internet that are not happy about that. Yeah. Oh no! Oh, really? Of course not. Yeah, that's a surprise. Yeah. People know, on the internet aren't happy about something. They're upset. It's crazy. I know. They're upset. They're upset that a, a woman was was hurt on screen. Yep. What if it was even a though wom- she's a criminal, like I don't know. What it if it was a woman silly. beating up some dude why. in chains? They would have just laughed. Uh, don't I don't even start. We're not I starting. I can't this. even handle this right Let's now. Let's do Jordan. social experiments where we set up a hidden camera and have they men have beat up they, women and women. They have it and happens. That's what I'm referring. Yeah, to. I know. <laughs> but no, I I think um, it's it's not like she's the only one who gets hurt in this movie. No, Several everyone, other lots of people get almost hurt. Almost everyone in the Very film hurt. gets. No one is. <laughs> no one. Is no safe. one is safe. Yeah. Yeah. No one is safe. No one is house. So it's just that's the way it is. It's the way the movie is. Everyone gets fucked up. Yeah, this is a this is not a a, a nice world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, and I like how he's willing. To, he's always been willing to go there. He's always been willing to tell it how it was or how it is mm-hmm. yep. to get mm-hmm. his story along. He doesn't sugarcoat anything. Mm-hmm. He doesn't uh, make nice to make everyone else happy. But but at the same time, it doesn't feel like gratuitous to be gratuitous. Yeah, it feels like no. This not is till later. Not even. <laughs> Even then, I feel like the characters—they are all violent people. Mm-hmm. So they, they would revel in their violence. There's one moment in the, that I'll bring up in the discussion that I was like, "Well, here we go." <laughs> we <laughs> I really think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about too. But <laughs> oh boy, here we go. That was yeah. Hey, I don't know the physics of things, but that might happen. And <laughs> I don't even want to talk about the physics of it. <laughs> it's just like uh, the term "overkill" is what I'll say right <laughs> yeah. now. Uh, but yeah, and I think. Um, What's interesting is that in a sense of realism, whether or not discussions, <laughs> I don't even know, I dare call them that, like this happened back in the day, there's the, the film kind of really takes takes a point with Samuel Jackson's character mm-hmm. where uh, 
a derogatory term is used to describe him throughout by mm-hmm. other characters. Right. Uh, just as Which if, word is it? You know, it's a word <laughs> that I prefer not to say. Uh, but yeah, and it's, it's something that c- becomes like a big part of his character to confront all of these people with, you know, the fact of you know, what is life like for him versus all of them, mm-hmm. which is, it, I mean, as much as it's not the same as it is today, it's, it's, it feels like a close conversation, you know? Right. It's really something. No. I, I want to talk about Kurt Russell's character for a second. It's like, um, I know he was pretty much the whole movie. He was kind of a rude asshole pretty yeah. much the entire movie. But he still had like a code. Yeah. That he lived exactly. By. And there's he was a, a bastard with but a he code. lived he had honor to it. Because there's a part then. where Sam Jackson loses his trust and he's actually hurt by it. And you can see it, even though he's got like put up the tough bravado the entire movie, you can tell he's actually hurt by something that Sam Jackson said. Yeah. And I thought that was, that made like gave his character a lot of depth. Because he has to be a strong, rude person to survive in the profession he has and survive in the world he has. But he's still an honorable guy. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that about I thought his character was going to be a bit more one-dimensional. But when I saw that, and then when I saw him reading the letter at the beginning, I, it kind of... It, it was a weird, cute moment in yeah. a movie where you don't expect that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought his character had a lot of depth to him, mm-hmm. which was nice. Because not all the characters got that much uh, flushing out. Not all. Yeah, they weren't they weren't as rounded, but they were still all well written, which is mm-hmm. obvious. No, I think um, a lot of the film, like kind of the crux of the film, is summed up by uh, something that Tim Roth's character said, Os- Oswaldo, uh, the about hangman. justice. Yeah, where he mm-hmm. he gives his little speech on on what justice is, and he's like, justice needs to be indifferent. The mm-hmm. hangman is indifferent to what is actually happening. He is given this job, and he will carry out the orders. And if if a mob came and killed someone who was supposed to die anyway, that it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be true justice. It would be frontier justice. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, for the bounty hunters, they're like, ah, oh, it's all the same. You know, it's kind of like a, a discussion on what, you know, what is right, what is what is just. Yeah. And uh, it was interesting. I like yeah, that. no, I think that's I liked, really a crux of the film. I like the, the thought of that and how that plays into mm-hmm. what's actually happening in the plot. It's mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And super interesting for that character in particular, once you know who he actually is. Yeah, once you know to what's going give on with that the whole speech. situation. Yeah, yeah that's, it's, uh, I know that. I I think that you brought up that point. That's really he like really stuck with that, mm-hmm. and it, I, it is impressive based on what you find out. And about. tells you a lot about him as a person. Yeah, but yeah, uh, it's it's really it's. I mean, this is really like a a big film. You really have to digest it. I feel like. Mm-hmm. You really have to, because I'm I'm really trying to think of like the the order of the way everything went, and you get a lot of, um, and I don't know, like I think in another film this would almost be like a, a lazy kind of thing, but like repeated lines, like things that characters say to one another and then they say to someone else, but you kind of see how each character takes that thought and makes it their own, mm-hmm. like they're kind of like everyone's trying on each other's you know point of view, and uh, you know. Usually they're twisting it in their own nefarious way. And there's some crazy, I don't know. I didn't expect character development from one of the characters. I don't want to say who it is because it, I mean, it's integral to the plot and spoilers and everything. But the person who really develops oh, yeah. and yeah. changes yeah. in this film is the most surprising thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 The person you least expect to change is the one who actually changes as a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that was impressive. I did not yeah. expect that at all. Yeah, yeah. 
And I was also, I mean, uh, well, let's stop teasing him. We're teasing him. No, and I've been. I want to talk about Bruce Dern a little bit. I've been. I've been. Oh a yeah, big fan of his. I, I mean, ever I, since we saw, we reviewed Nebraska. Nebraska. Ne- I mean, I feel like I I knew about him before then, but well, Nebraska, yeah, yeah. I I like loved him. I was like, oh my god, yeah, he's, that was incredible. He's developed into like this new you know archetype of himself, right? And it's it, he kind of keeps it up here in Hateful Eight, where he's playing this like old general. Uh, who kind of believes in the same hierarchy as as war that it's still going on, right? Uh, and his whole reasoning for why he's there, why he's going to Red Rock, is really something. Like it's it's really like oh wow, like it's really a mm. a, a big yeah. a big story. And then his interactions with the various characters is is big. Like it's 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 uh, yeah. He has such different relationships with everyone yeah. in there in the room. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's kind of fun, like and also then you know once the film develops and you kind of go like oh wow like this is this explains you know X Y and Z like this is why all these other things were going on. You find out that all of these people are randomly connected in different ways, yeah. and how that changes the dynamic of the whole situation. Mm-hmm. 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 I don't know what else we can say because there's, yeah, there's not there's much a else. lot that I want to uh, say. That's uh, one like thing I wanted ending. to say was um, I feel an awful lot that. Tim Ross' character was written for Christoph Waltz. It felt like it was written for him, and I felt like his delivery was a bit Christoph Waltzish. Um, I would counter with uh, Tim Roth was Christoph Waltz before Christoph Waltz was Christoph Waltz. Oh. That's what I was trying to tell you in the theater. You were telling me shit. <laughs> I was like, Tim Roth has been British forever. He's, he's been doing this. He's, he's been doing this for a long time. You know, it's not time. the British thing. Uh-huh. It was the delivery. He even said some lines that. Christoph Waltz had in Django. Mm-hmm. I know he's been around for a while. I know Tim Roth. Anyway, well, uh, I, I mean, to counter your point is when the when the reading was done, Tim Roth played that character in the yeah. reading. So I, I think if just, he wanted Christoph Waltz, he would have gotten it. It felt very Christoph Waltz played that character. In no, the reading? Tim Roth played uh, that okay. character in the reading. That's what I'm saying s- to counter what Adam is trying to say. It mm-hmm. just felt similar to me. If, if Tarantino wanted Christoph I know Waltz, he, I think I know if he wanted Christoph Waltz, he'd get Christoph Waltz. Mm-hmm. I know that. I I'm think just it's just saying they felt similar. I feel like that's just because what Chris that's that's what Christoph Waltz has become. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just think that's the direction he's gone, and I don't mind that there's two men in showbiz who. Who can fill that? No, I'm role. saying I still liked it. I'm yeah. just saying they were similar. It feels similar. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. And the fact that they're both Tarantino regulars, too. Mm-hmm. Well, now. Yeah. What? Get off my ass. <laughs> God. Never. Anyway, uh, any any other final thoughts, closing thoughts? I mean, we haven't even... I mean, I think it's all kind of implied. We, we love this. It's, yeah. it's a good... No, I hated this movie. If, you, okay. if well, you can see it, I think it's, what, a week or two more? In the limited, yeah, the in the limited show. road show, go see the road show. It it's is an experience. It's it's something special because they don't show movies like this anymore. Mm-hmm. The overture at the beginning, the intermission, the fact that the lights come up in the theater and you can go to the bathroom or you can go get some food or get someone raisinets, Andrew, and you have some time to not get people raisinets and to just kind of stew over what's happened in this film. Yeah. It's it's incredible. And I'm gonna when it comes back from the intermission to just it feels to just, so to, old just school. to get people to come to this thing. There's there's a little bit of narration that isn't anywhere else in the film, and it's a real delight. Like for oh, me, oh yeah, the narrator like, comes and goes out oh, of nowhere. I was like, oh wow, because the narrator is Tarantino. Like that's that's the joyous part for me because he's he carried that over from the from the this live reading because during the live reading he read all the stage direction and the you know mm-hmm. the other parts like that. And so when he comes in after the intermission. Which I don't know how that's going to affect people who don't see it with the intermission because it's. Do you just know? Feel do you so know what sudden. happens? Do you know what happens? No, what? 
where the, in place of the intermission, it says 15 minutes later. Oh, no. At the bottom of the that's screen. Not, that's not the same. Right? It's not the same at all. Oh, God. Okay. Well, anyway. Please go see The Rudd Show if it's available around you. Yeah. We, we're very lucky here in Southern California. Uh-huh. There were several places we could go to see it. Um, but if there's, if there's a place nearby that you can go and you plan on seeing this movie, this is the best way to see it. Mm-hmm. Go see it. Uh, yeah, and so if you want to hear us break this down further, uh, stick around to the end for the discussion. Spoilers! Let's talk about what's coming out new in theaters. What's coming out new in theaters? Uh, we have a film called Anomalisa that's going to be in limited release. Sure. Uh, I believe also in limited release, a film called Yosemite. Sure. And then, uh, you know, so few films are coming out this week that I had to scour through the internets, and I found that there will be a re-release of the film Chimes at Midnight... Uh, which I will guess the ending to later. It's because most people realize that they had to dive out of the way <laughs> yes. of Star Wars. Yeah, after Star Wars, it's like, oh my God, what's happening? You guys you guys saw that Michael Bay is like, no, I'm releasing Avatar 2 in November next year. Mm-hmm. That's What? No, it was, like 20, it was 2017. You said a Michael lot of Bay. Words right Michael now. Bay. Avatar? I mean, mean James, James Cameron. Cam- James Cameron, whatever. Well, James Cameron pushes back Avatar every six months like clockwork. Yeah, but he said he wants to put it out like the same week as as the next Star Wars. Fuck that guy. Episode eight. He Fuck wants to go against guy. episode eight. That's yeah. what I'm going to say right now. Good luck. Avatar's not going to do as well so, as it did last time. so mad. Yeah. The fact that you just told me that, I'm so angry right yeah, now. Yeah, he said it, man. It's crazy. absolutely incensed. But Tom, well, Tom, Tom put it out on Twitter, and I was like, Really? While I'm holding on to this anger, let me let me give some thanks. So much anger. Let's give some thanks. First of all, to Silent Partner, who did our theme song, Software Makeout. You can find that on the YouTube audio library. Uh, Justin Kizon did our logo. You can find him at agentsofguard.com. I do another podcast with uh, Matt Benson called Shut Up, Leonard. Uh, it's about the TV show Community. It's almost over because, I mean, we ran out of episodes of Community. That's how long the show's been going for. <laughs> Check that out. Pick Your Path is a Choose Your Adventure enhanced podcast thing. That we also do. First season is up uh, for your enjoyment at benvnetwork.com slash PYP. Uh, if Tom was here, he'd tell you about optograb.org. I think readwave.com is done. Yeah, I think it's out. Uh, I got to take that off that list, but he also has short stories on Amazon and Smashwords. And then Adam say a thing. Oh, hello, everyone. Um, some things about me is I stream on twitch.tv. How long are you going to talk for? <laughs> Fuck you. I fucking hate you. Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv slash godfontleroy. You can also follow me on Twitter at godfontleroy. You can follow my Instagram to see my pretty face at godfontleroy. It's pretty much all the same. I like to keep it kosher, you know? Uh, Jordan. Uh, I do streaming as well uh, under the Gamer Assault Weekly banner. Adam does uh, Mondays. I do Saturdays. Uh, we play very different types of games, but sometimes we join each other. I, I do remember some lively uh, rounds of chivalry, mm-hmm. and I hope I hope we can and some Borderlands too. Oh man, I definitely want to bring that back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm Saturdays. Uh, I'm at TrueValk on Twitter. Uh, you can follow at GA Weekly for updates on either of us streaming or anything else video game news related. Uh, but that's basically it. Uh, and then you should check out all the great podcasts on the Benview Network, BenviewNetwork.com. Uh, especially Extra Damage. That's a video game podcast uh, with uh, with some good people. And uh, I was on a recent one. Uh, they were doing, you know, Game of the Year countdown stuff. And even though I don't think I've played a lot of games this year, they asked me to be on it. And so it got a little silly, but, you know, we all had a good time. Uh, and then our personal website for Nerds IVU is nvpodcast.com. You can email us nvpodcast.gmail.com. And on Twitter, at nvpodcast. My personal Twitter is at podcasterandrew. 
Did you all say yours? Yeah, we said ours. Yeah, we got Adam, it. Adam, yeah, we're good. You're the same on everything, apparently? Yes, I am. Uh, so go check all that out. Uh, and now it's time for Guess the Ending. You'll never guess how it ends. Jordan. 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 The first one? I hate being the first one. Do Just it. Get it over with. Just do it. That's what. Okay. Uh, Anna Melissa? Anomalisia. Is that what it is? Oh my god. You're gonna kill me. Anomalisa. These, these are words. Uh, directed by Duke Johnson. Slash Charlie Kaufman. Starring David Flewless. Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh, look oh hey, this. what up? And Tom Noonan. A crippled man from the Oh, a man crippled by the mundanity of his life experiences something out of the ordinary. Wow, if that is not vague as hell. <laughs> um, Good luck with that one. So David is a small-time man who lives in a small-time town. He's uh, He's got a farm. He does his best to do what he can. And uh, one day he sees a light in the sky. And Jesus. starting from that point on, Things change for David. David uh, has uh, visions of things. He can hear stuff. He's starting to learn at a super fast pace. And eventually, he starts being able to move stuff with his mind. And he's getting a lot of attention from the town. No one really knows what's happening. Some people are calling him psychic. Some people are calling him like you know, a freak. A witch. Uh, a witch. Of course, they try to burn him at the stake. At one point, it doesn't, doesn't work out. And uh, he's under the f- pretty firm assur- assumption that uh, that he was abducted by aliens, and that's how he got his powers. Now, by the end of the film, we get the very sad uh, realization that no, he had a brain tumor, and oh. that's how he got his skills. And and you know, that it's it's a little hopeful on the fact that you know it didn't come from somewhere else; that it was something within us all along. And maybe at some point, if we if we evolve a little bit or, or get more in touch with, with the capacities of our brain, we might be able to also, you know, commune with nature and, and experience all the gifts that he had. But, uh, but it's very sad. He dies by the end of the film. Um, but at least, at least he, he wasn't crippled by how boring his life was. You know what I mean? He, he experienced something great. It was beautiful. And uh, that's it. <coughs> it's beautiful. You missed it. It was beautiful. He was here the whole time. He yes. Didn't, he didn't what get a beautiful story, Jordan. <laughs> Jordan. Way to go, Jordan. <laughs> Thank you. Adam. So proud of you. New York, that's the Jordan, so proud of you, Jordan. How do you like that new soundboard, huh? The Andrew soundboard. <laughs> we should get one to replace. I just have a hundred words that are just, just words re- that I say. Replace you. <laughs> okay, I got this. <clears throat> you better. My movie is called Yosemite. Parentheses. <laughs> parentheses. Adam. And parentheses. Oh, wait. That just means I'm the one who's doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Director Gabrielle Demesteri. Demester, Starring James Franco, Henry Hoop Hopper, Barry Dale Sherman, and Stephen Wig. It's the fall of 1985. The intertwining tales of three fifth grade friends. Chris, Joe, and Ted unfold in the suburban paradise of Palo Alto as a threat of a mountain lion looms over the community. Really? Did you not even read this I did this not was? even read this earlier. Oh, my God. Okay, so. 
These three young lads are living in their suburban homes, and they hear a tale of missing kittens and missing puppies. Oh, no. And there's been reports of a mooten lion. A mooten? A mooten lion is that, that like has half- made its way. It's half cow, half lion. Okay, good. It's a mooten lion. Made its way into the suburbs of Palo Alto, and it's stalking its prey. And I feel it's going to be like one of those ridiculous comedy ones where like one of the guys is standing next to a window and you see a mountain lion head pop up and then go slowly back down because it's smarter than they are. <laughs> so this mountain lion is clearly smarter than these three idiots and they're all stuck inside their house as it creeps around. And they have to set up some like home alone kind of traps to try and take it out. But obviously they're idiots because they're trying tra- home alone traps on a mountain lion. Do they get a call from within the house? I mean, yeah, he... <laughs> The, the at one at one point they're running they're running away from him <laughs> they're running away from the from the mooten line and uh, one of them drops his phone and about ten minutes later they get a call <laughs> it's like bro it's your phone it's like I don't even have my phone and then they're trying home alone traps on a mountain lion that's clearly smarter than they are uh, a mooten line a mooten line is a yeah line. I like the scene where the they do the flame one on the head, but the mountain, the mountain lion is so it's low. It's too low. It's that it doesn't low. even work. It doesn't even work. And it just looks at him and goes, moo. Moo. <laughs> and so at the end of the movie, they're all three cornered by the mountain the lion. The movie? The movie? At the, they're all cornered by this mountain lion, all right? And then Will Ferrell pops in, mm. and he is a lumberjack. Mm. And he said he's been hunting this mountain lion for months. And they have an epic fight. But at the end, they end up making out because that's what fights turn into sex. Are you okay, Adam? No. (laughs) (laughs) And so after their sensual moment, they ride off into the mountains together, and that's the end. The (laughs) moons? Well, I don't know how to follow that up, uh, but I'll be guessing the ending for the re-release of Chime (laughs) Night. It's an Orson Welles film. Have you seen this movie? Nope. Okay. Didn't even know it existed. Apparently, it's hard to find. There was a big rights struggle over who owns it, and so that's why it's a big deal that it's coming back out. Listen to this first part of this first sentence, though. The crowning achievement of Orson Welles' later film career. Chimes <laughs> of Midnight returns to the screen after being available for decades. This brilliantly crafted Shakespeare adaptation was the culmination of Welles' lifelong obsession with the Bard's ultimate rapscallion, Sir John Falstaff. I love The loyal, often-soused childhood friend to King Henry IV's wayward son, Prince Hal. It's because you try and live... Like that. What? Like you, a you, yeah, you are a rapscallion. <clears throat> yeah, so this is, as it says, it's not, um, it's not a, you know, an adaptation of perhaps uh, 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 one specific Shakespeare play. Uh, but this is Orson Welles has crafted together uh, not just the scenes that Falstaff was in in the plays that he was in, but he inserts Falstaff into various other plots from other films or other plays that Shakespeare has done. Go on. So he's the, he's a rapscallion. So right before the Senate scene in Julius Caesar, we see that Falstaff is the one who tells Marcus Aurelius, hey, you know, he's not really a good friend, is he? Like he's just going around causing all the troubles that causes everything to go wrong in each Shakespeare play. Like he's the one who hooks up uh, uh, Gertrude and uh, Pol- Polonius? No, it's uh, whatever Hamlet's uncle he gets them to get married. Okay. He's the one who's behind the scene. Basically, Falstaff causes all the problems in all the different what? Shakespeare plays. That's Ooh, what I this... would watch that, actually. Yeah, and so then at the end... You need to get on this. Uh, uh, they, you know, some chimes ring, and he goes, oh, 
it must be midnight. And then he spins around and then he turns into a, an imp. And he's actually, um, what's his name? The, the, the magical imp creature from uh, uh, the, the midnight one. The Iago. Midsummer's Eve. Midsummer Night's. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? I never read it. I can't remember words right now. Andrew and Lindy. Mid- Midsummer Night's Eve. Uh, the one where the fairies come. Oberon is the king of the fairies. What's the little puck? He turns into puck. Falstaff is Falstaff is puck. That's the end. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, this is almost as good of a movie idea as. He's Quake. one of the witches from Macbeth. Yeah. 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 Get ready. Buckle up. <laughs> and he's the- Don John from Much Do About Nothing. There you go. Oh God. Yeah. He's everyone. Exactly. He's a little. He's, he's a little Keanu Reeves. <laughs> okay, so that's it. That's the ending for Chimes at Midnight. The crazy reveal. Uh, so I guess now we can end the guessing. Is Yay. everyone okay with that? Guess Yay. the ending. You'll never guess how it ends. Oh, boy. That was like a remix. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, next week, mm-hmm. what the hell are we going to review? I have no idea. We might put out <laughs> one of our weird bonus episodes. Yeah, let's do some bonus. I want to see Anomalisa, but it's limited, so that could be hard to see. Yep. How about version. Slow West? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were on there. I think that was like the last time I was on here. Uh-huh. Probably. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. We might uh, pick another biggie that's going on right now. But other than that... Yeah, because there's a bunch of films. We might just out. try and review as many as possible. Yep. Just as, uh, as a benefit to, to you. Because there's a whole bunch of movies. Mm-hmm. But definitely once January starts back up, we'll be on our regular, you know, the regular release kind of stuff. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Fun. Fun will happen. Fun, of fun, course. fun. That's for sure. That's all there is. Uh, but please, uh, as you know, we said in our review, uh, hopefully it's a good movie. It go is a good. Go out. look it out. Eh? Uh, and if you stick around till after the the end of the theme song here, then uh, you'll be able to hear our discussion where we get into all the crazy stuff that we didn't want to spoil for you. But if you want to hear those, you'll hear them as well as Adam fiddling with his microphone. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. I was like, what the hell is that? I get fidgety. <laughs> Uh, so until next week, this has been episode 256 of Nerds of You, the last one of the year. Woo! Which we didn't say. Uh, it's been a good year. And uh, it? when we come back, it'll be a new year. It'll be a new new day. It'll be a new movie. It'll be a new everything. Yep. Uh, so until next week. There'll be a new me. I'm Andrew. I'm Adam. And I'm Jordan. And remember, listeners, if someone hands you their card and says, hey, I'm the hangman, don't believe them. <laughs> Oh, you fucking twat. That was so funny. You're a bad person. Uh, (laughs) That was so funny. We had lynching and KKK. Oh, yeah. There was a whole range of stuff that happened. Come on, Andrew. You are a piece of shit. You know? (laughs) All right. Let's discuss this thing. Let's discuss the hell out of this thing. Uh, are we going to break it down by chapter? What are we doing here? Uh, I don't I even don't remember all the chapter we'll names or numbers or titles. Yep. Here's, okay, so uh, right before the intermission, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, what is uh, he, General? General. Mar- the Marquess, whatever, oh, Marquis. He's a, like a major? Uh, Captain? Ma- major. Steve? Yeah. Major. major. He, he's a major. He basically tells the tale of how he killed the Southern General's uh, son, 
which is extremely we don't know graphic true, and insane. Though. Oh, it's true. Oh, it's true. It's so? definitely true. Oh, it's true. definitely true. He's killed, I would almost want to say hundreds of, of uh, white Southern soldiers who've, who've come to collect the bounty on his head. And it's just this absurdly gross story. <laughs> and he, he's tempting the general. He wants to kill him. He wants to kill the general, but and he And the only way he justified. can do it fairly... Because he has officers of the law yeah. supposedly he has, there. He's a bounty hunter. There's another bounty hunter. There's a The hangman. law dictates it. There's a sheriff. You know, We don't know whether or not to trust any of these people, but we know that if he just straight up kills this guy, they're not going to be on his side. So he yep. waits until he tempts the general. The general raises the gun to him. But they all know he's doing that. Oh, of course they know he's doing <laughs> they that. They all know he's goading him, but yeah. they just don't care. Like, they're just he, watching. The old man drew. Like, it's, his, it's his choice. Yeah. They try and tell him. They're like, don't, don't, don't fall do it, for old it. man. Yeah. And I like how... Um. Uh, what was it? Um, Walter Walton Goggins, like his character, had like such respect for the old man. But the second the old man dies, he goes and he puts on his jacket. Puts on his it's coat. It's so like, awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's he's like he's basically like oh, any yeah. person who's played yeah. uh, a video game where you can loot. You just you go, hey, that's I Walton if I Goggins. Get that jacket. Yeah, that jacket's real dope. <laughs> if I kill yeah. this guy, I can get that. Jacket. I can get that jacket. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's been part of my Fallout style. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Just kill a guy for his jacket. Yeah. I was really upset. There was a character who had a nice hat, and I couldn't get it. Anyway. Why didn't you just kill him? Because I did, and you couldn't get it. That's not... You just couldn't get their hat. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, that's like, that's probably the craziest moment. That <laughs> he just this, takes his it, jacket. Well, and I mean that oh, lead up story? to the, that yeah, story yeah. and then the kill. Yeah. And then when you come back, it's kind of like, okay, well now. Because it comes out of nowhere. Because you think yeah. they're finally getting along, but there's still the tension. Yeah. But then all out of nowhere, he just comes up with this story about how he killed his son. Mm-hmm. Huh. And he just goes on a Well, tear. and it's also, I mean, right before that, uh, what was it? Obi and Kurt Russell Kurt drink Russo. the poison coffee. Oh, God. Or they drank it right after? It was like... It was, no, no, no. It all it's happened. during the story. Right. Oh, during That's the story. That's when someone... Because everyone is focused on him giving this speech. Yeah. This crazy speech. Oh, right. It comes back and it's Daisy's... Or Dom has got a secret. Got a secret. Oh. That's oh. the next chapter. Actually... Yeah, I forgot. There's three chapters because yeah. it's Dummy, you got a secret. secret the night before the 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 first the morning of yeah it was or whatever like the fir- the four no, the, riders the, the four, four passengers the four passengers oh. and then it comes back with the end yeah oh yeah. man so that means there's seven chapters total yeah it, too bad there's not well with eight there's the there's hateful inter- intermission there's eight I don't know nah, it doesn't <laughs> it, 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 I think it counts it's great it's like super great Domergue's got a secret oh man because she saw who poisoned the coffee. And the poison coffee takes out uh, Kurt Russell and Obi. Poor Obi. Poor Obi. And they get taken out in like gruesome, horrific. Really they just start gruesome. vomiting blood. Just Violently everywhere. Wow. vomiting blood everywhere. And then they're dead. Like just very painfully. Yeah. I I kind of thought she was going to warn Kurt Russell that. I didn't think she poisoned. would at all. Well, because as, I mean, Samuel Jackson pointed out later that he's the only one who who wanted to keep her alive. Yeah. yeah. Any but other no, bounty hunter would have no, killed her and said that's she good She knew, but based on the ending, why would she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's the thing. Once yeah, we yeah, know that, yeah. that everyone else that's is true. working there's for her, reason. the moment he's dead, well, you, she's... Oh, the yeah, other people do know. want her alive. She must have known yeah. that the other She knows that yeah. the other people are part of her There's game. honestly like only one person in there that would kill her. And that's, that's Warren. True. Yeah. It's kind of great, though. Oh, <laughs> it's Warren and uh, maybe the, the sheriff. sheriff. It's Chris, maybe, yeah. but they're Chris Maddox. But that doesn't really stop him. Nope. Because uh, I like how they make 
just they make Warren just an exceptional gunfighter, so he can get the drop on pretty much anyone. Yeah, yeah. and it kind of gives a- him like even though everyone has guns. He still has the power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when I mean, it, it's made very clear over and over again how good he is at at killing people. Mm-hmm. No, and and uh, so after the intermission, when the coffee gets poisoned, I feel like the whole thing turns on its head and becomes like a little. It becomes more of a mystery. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it changes the entire tone of the film. Yeah, and so with the the poison coffee incident, then Warren he decides that the the three other men who are still alive that are possibly suspects need to you know or four. At that four point, is first. it is four. It yeah. was four, and then he figures out that uh, Walter Goggins' character isn't because he was about to drink the coffee. Uh-huh. But uh, I, I, what I'm going to say is the like most over-the-top, gratuitous death gross moment the was... The Mexican? The Mexican. When he kill, so he kills the Mexican. He shoots him four times in the chest. He falls down. He goes over and to him. And then shoots him shoots with him both guns in both the face. Both guns in the face, and his head explodes. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess, I guess we did it, guys. That I, would, I felt I mean, like... Killing him right there was like not a good move because he might have had like information that they needed. See, for me, for me, it was understandable because of he, two he of two lying. things. One, he knew that the people who run the place were dead, mm-hmm. and that someone had to have killed him. Yeah. And the easiest explanation was that he was a part of it. Yeah. Because he's the one who claiming he knew them and was working and was for running it. Mm-hmm. And then two, those are African American people. This he's those are other people who understand his situation who have probably helped him in the past because he's been hiding up in this mountain well, the cra- for years. When you get the flashback, you find out Minnie is black, but yeah. the, her the sweet, old, Dave. sweet Dave is white. Is white, and they're a couple, and that's and their and oh, their yeah. helper their helper is African American, yeah. and Both helpers. and so so if anyone was helping him survive on this mountain while so many people are after them, it had to be them. Well, he had, he Warren had so cared many cared about these people. Stories about Minnie. Yeah. You know, like all the, all the, the information. Stew. He knew everything yeah. about her. Yeah. The stew, you know, all her rules, you know, so what, this the, what is, they cared about. This, this wasn't just people to him. These were his friends. Yeah. And he knew that this guy had something to do with their death. Mm-hmm. So his, for him, it was this righteous mm-hmm. revenge. And he got caught up in it. I just think it's like, it's so funny to me how, I didn't think Samuel Jackson was like a main character. I thought, oh, he's going to be like a side. I mean, Kurt Russell's, you know, carrying How about blah, blah. that shot? And Kurt Russell dies and Samuel Jackson kind of just takes over. I mean, he took over from before the intermission, but right. yeah. that's kind of great. That it's was awesome. Great. How about that shot where Sam Jackson has the coffee and he's and he leans up and the steam comes up off the coffee and then it comes off the brim of his I hat. I know. Off the brim yeah. of his hat. It's yeah. incredible. It looks so, yeah. That just, was when he was about to tell the story to, uh, what's his name, right? Visually, it's, it's amazing. It looks it's so just incredible. Like, it's been a long time. I was telling my father about this earlier. Because of the 70 millimeter, because of the ultra widescreen, we have these shots that are impossible with normal filmmaking mm-hmm. because you can see the entire cabin when they are at the same time. You can see every character on scene. You see people talking and you see other people in the background going about their lives, doing their things. And it just, it feels like a place. It I doesn't think- feel like a camera sitting there. Yeah. It feels like you're... Like this is a marionette box, or you're watching a play, yeah. and you're just seeing this unfold. It's incredible. I feel like it's his best looking movie yet, mm. just based on how well he does uh, oh, so, close ups, yeah. how yeah. well he does the entire room. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a smaller place to shoot, but he just does it so it's, well. It's used perfectly, and I feel like this is probably his best looking movie. And it's it's all cordoned off into different sections for different purposes, so they feel very different. Like well, even where, at the beginning of the movie, they split it in half. Yeah, and then and then um, what's it called when uh, when they go to talk to the cowboy sitting in the corner? All of the things are hanging there, so they have to walk through this like yeah. 
curtain of chains. Like, it's incredible. It feels like a place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, it's a pretty that's a movie. good film. It's a nice film. Uh, what else goes on in that second half? There's just so many crazy things. Um, oh, I kind of thought it was funny that Tim Roth is sitting there bleeding in this film. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're just going to watch him bleed for a while. familiar. <laughs> I'm yeah. fucking dying here. <laughs> we just didn't have, you know, someone holding him saying, it's okay. It's You're okay. going to make it. Oh, I wish Harvey Cartel was in this movie. <laughs> just, oh, my God. I wish. Yeah. Um, how about that? Uh, so, so the four passengers, the reveal of what is going on, more or less, uh, that earlier that day, uh, the, four, the four people who got out of, a, uh, out of a wagon, they were going to basically hole up in this place and wait for the hangman to come, uh, you know, with with Daisy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, then just, just take, tr- just wait for him to close his eyes. It is literally a and trap. Then kill him our, and take our pretty him. boy Channing Tatum. Yeah, Channing Tatum. He makes it very clear this is the long game. The leader this is of the, the best dumb, acting I've ever seen him do. Gang. Honestly, I think. Well, I told Adam this right after. I think. I think he was testing out his gambit voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He d- he was doing a little French Hello. Creole. Uh-huh. Yeah. We. Oui. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He had some pretty good French in this. Uh-huh. <laughs> wasn't bad I, I that that scene where minnie's like hey, he is a charming fellow hey i speak french ask me this question super funny <laughs> yeah and this is that's why i do have sure a big Dave and, and, and this is this is after we've seen some of the most horrific stuff in this film she was in django too oh nice nice yeah. but but i just mean like that scene comes after some of the most horrific yeah. stuff we've seen in this movie, mm-hmm. and that's still got a really good laugh oh, yeah. from the with entire theater. Zoe Bell too. They made her look like she was like fifteen though, with like the pigtails and like they yeah. made her all bubbly and excited. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old she actually is. Probably in like her thirties or something. Mm-hmm. But I liked her. Yeah, I'd never, really good. I'd never really seen her before, because in hey, in uh, Django she had like a mask on. She didn't D- talk. Death proof. Yeah. I oh yeah, that. I forgot you know she was in that. How I feel about death proof. Yeah. No, but you're right. In Django, yeah. she's wearing a mask. Her character was supposed to be bigger, but they kind of cut it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's 37. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, they, made, they made it look young. Well, I figured she she's looks around good. the same age as Uma. Yeah, she, she doubles good. for Uma all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. they couldn't get Uma, so they got Zoe Bell. Mm-hmm. She was great. Yeah, no, I liked her. Yeah. I loved. I loved all of this film. Yeah, everybody <laughs> was great. <laughs> it was such a solid cast. He always yeah. gets a solid cast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, when Channing Tatum like. When he shows up in that flashback, I was like, "Oh wow! Like this is really neat." But he has such a small role because then he shows up. He it it's kind of it's more or less revealed, you know, by him shooting uh, Warren uh, that he's you know, hiding such a there. moment too. Yeah, I was not it expecting never that. Never hints. There is nothing in the film. No, yeah. no, no, no. There's no hint until that moment. Until that moment, uh, when the camera goes down beneath they don't the even, floor. Yeah. No, you're he, like, what? You're even like, oh, to, like, shit. I mean, it was kind of obvious, like. Who, what, which uh, ones might have been the bad guys? Because you saw the journey with um, the first three, with uh, Warren, Walter Goggins, and Kurt Russell. So you kind of yeah. knew they were okay. The, the weird thing is, I at first I thought it was kind of a weakness of the film that literally everyone in the cabin was bad. Like in some way, in some way. But, but you but didn't that, but know th- until that exact moment. No, you don't know until they tell you. Mm-hmm. But I think that, I mean, that is a little better than, like, it would just be almost too convenient that all these people had all these different reasons to be there. Yeah. It makes more sense that it's an ambush. They all have one reason. Yeah, because yeah. if they tried to explain them all having different reasons, it wouldn't be believable. Mm-hmm. The only person right. who had a different right. reason was dead at that point in the film, and so yeah. it was it No, was it, kinda... it, it does. At first, I thought it was lazy, but then thinking it over, mm. 
it makes sense because mm. if they tried to do every single person with a different reason, it would make zero sense. Yeah. And and coincidences are lazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is this is something that makes sense. It's more realistic mm-hmm. that these people are here for this purpose. That does make sense. Yeah. I know at first I had that thought and then after thinking it after, you know, thinking on it, it does it's more it may, it's better. Mm-hmm. It is it's better. way better, yeah. Yeah. Uh and and kind of what you end up rooting for at the end is whether or not the the, the sheriff uh, Mannix will do more or less what is right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he is tempted by the Domergue gang, and and up to this point we have no idea where his loyalties lie. Yeah, we know that he has certain prejudices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We and know he makes that, that very clear. We know that he comes from a background of being a part of the rebels during the war and a gang, like a literal gang, a little just gang. like the Domergues. And and we never know for certain, besides the fact that it says it here on the IMDb he page, a- that he's actually going to be the sheriff. Yeah, I mean that he could just be a story he times. Yeah, but, but yeah. It's very clear, this movie makes it very clear mm-hmm. that people aren't who they seem to be. Yeah. We have no reason to believe anybody in this film, I'm except for maybe Warren and John Ruth. I thought right at the end he was going to reveal that he wasn't going to be the sheriff, but he was still going to do the right thing. Yeah. Like, I thought that would have been nice. I right. kind of uh, That's what I liked about his character development, because he had such pride in what his father had done, but he wasn't... Like, he did do bad things to African Americans. But I don't think that's where his pride came from. I think his pride came from the his fact that, that they kept fighting even after the war. Yeah. And then Not m- about killing black people, yep. but about their cause, mm-hmm. which is what he had pride in. And he was able to work with Warren at the end because he still had pride that his father was um, you know, a leader and not just a gang member. Mm-hmm. That's where his pride was. And, and it, was, it was also out of loyalty because the last thing that John Ruth did was warn him before he died. Mm-hmm. John Ruth saved his life. Mm-hmm. And then she so, was going to let him die. Yeah. And it was, it was about you know, loyalty and respect and, and because he felt like he owed something to that man mm-hmm. that he made that choice. Mm-hmm. And that, that's incredibly moving for a character that I never would have expected that I from. did not expect mm-hmm. that at all. He was like a huge bigot at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a bigot the whole time. Yep. But God, he was hilarious, though. He was great. He was pretty good. Um, talking he about, was limping around everywhere. It was so good. Talking about like, characters with secrets, I honestly thought um, that part of the big reveal of what Daisy did or who Daisy was mm-hmm. was going to be that she was uh, uh, married to John Ruth. Uh, I, really, I thought that for a split I second. I honestly thought that for a long I while. I thought it for a little all. bit. I thought this is going to be his wife or ex-wife or something. And as as lame as that sounds, like kind of now, uh-huh. during the film, I thought, wow, like what a reveal that would be, like what a crazy, like, huh. and her crime would be like killing their children or something nuts like that, like I don't know, because he really because seemed... you you were looking for an excuse for his anger. Well, yeah, because he he felt so justified in what you know what he was doing. I just felt like I just felt like even though the man had a code of honor, he was still a bad person. He was I still guess. a bastard. Yeah. I mean, and you kind of like it's it's hard to get a feeling of if he's like if he's this rough with the other you know people he's brought yeah, yeah. in or you know whatever the and, case. And is. we also have no idea what's happened up until that point. Like yeah. she spits on the letter of Warren's, yeah. and Warren knocks her out of the cab. You know what I mean? Like what well, kind she of the night- film with a black eye? What kind of nightmare like, has she been for him up to this point? We have yeah. no idea. Mm-hmm. Well, she had a black eye when we met him. Yep. So yeah, it's uh, that was just a thing that I thought. But yeah, uh, the the ending of this film was definitely uh, uh, bleak. I guess I don't know. What do you guys think? The ending? Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, yeah, it's, it's not a hopeful ending. No, but it's it's as was as I talked about earlier in the review. Like they dispensed 
essentially frontier justice. Right. They, they had to at that point. Yep. In a way. There was no other they choice for them. They knew that they weren't going to be able to wait out another two days with their yeah. injuries, so they did what they had to. Yeah. yeah. They weren't going to let her go. No, no, no. <laughs> no. But yeah, it's, it's just kind of like, you know, we're so used to, you know, a film ending, and it's like, yeah, the good guys made it. And here it's like... Were there any good guys? Exactly. Were there any good guys? And at least, you know... The killers didn't make. I mean, you just <laughs> kind of look at like who you know who does make it. What I feel is uh, most films these days, at least you know the ones that are make a lot of money in in the theater, try and leave you with some type of positive closure that kind of carries you away from the film, so that way you feel good about what you just watched. Mm. And Quentin Tarantino has never cared about that. Well, the closest that he does is actually giving us the Lincoln letter. That's what I'm saying. That's is yeah. we get a type of closure. It's just not what we're used to. That part with the Lincoln letter at the end was fucking hilarious. It's like I like that. I like that bit at the end. That was nice. That and then he throws time. it on the ground. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of nice because it connects all the way through. We heard. It, I mean, the Lincoln letter was in you know the beginning. It well, shows up in the middle and it carries through all the way to the end. That's, yeah, that's what. Uh, that's it what, is the thing that connects the it Lincoln all. letter. The fact that it was fake broke uh, John Roof's trust in Warren. Which I thought was a pretty big moment because yeah. he was really upset about that. Fuck yeah, <laughs> he was really pissed off because, mm-hmm. uh, like Warren was the only person there he thought he could trust, mm-hmm. and then Who he, had find- a, he had a prior connection too. And he had a prior, he had the deal with, he had a prior connection. He had the deal with, I mean, he and they he could trust both bounty hunters. I feel like that's a and formal. he felt like he was surrounded on all sides. He couldn't trust anyone, which he couldn't. Mm-hmm. And then the one person he had trust in was just- Warren. Was warm. And that shattered later. And he later. had such a strong connection with that letter in particular. Yep. And it just hurt him. He's he felt like completely alone. I feel. Yep. And then he died. And then he violently threw up everywhere. <laughs> and, any anything else to add? No, I just it real sucks. It sucks real bad for Op. Oh, or like Ob, OB, man. OB. I feel real bad. He what do you think he nice stood for? What do you think that stood for? Ob, uh, uh, old dirty bastard. Old bastard. Yeah. Old bastard Jackson. Yeah. Old yeah. Bastard. Um. Because he was like the nicest person in the yeah. entire film. Well, he barely like speaks at all. He just he's he's the driver. He kind of reacts. He yeah. doesn't step into the conversations. Mm-hmm. But he's I liked him. I thought yeah. he's when he yells at the door. <laughs> and then and then he's like, I'm never going out there again. And then the narrator is like, Yeah, he drew the short straw, so he went, <laughs> he went back outside. <laughs> Crazy. Ah, uh, good times. <sighs> no, I thought. Do we want to do our final thoughts? I mean, spo- final spoiler thoughts. Finally, spoiler thoughts. Go first, Andrew. I don't have anything else to do it. That's what I was saying Whoa. to you. Do you have anything else to say? Whoa. Yeah, Adam likes to. He likes to go out here, get real loud, and come right back in, and then get real get loud, real loud, and then get quiet, and then, and then get a little, and then real loud, and then sing a song. I don't like to stay at the same level all the time, or distance, <laughs> or distance. <laughs> all right, is that it? Um, I thought this movie. Looked amazing. Oh, yep. The story was masterfully crafted. Oh, yep. Just fucking perfect. Yep. Um, sound? The character, sound, always good. Top Music notch. was great. Yep. Um, the actors are always fantastic in Tarantino movies. He picked mm. a great cast. Yep. And they performed well. And I thought it was, I mean, it stands up with all his other movies. I mean, definitely, it's up there. Wow, yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was amazing. I'm definitely buying it when it comes out. Yeah, and they better release it in this format. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I sure hope so. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because even even if it's just, you know, smaller on your TV and just wider, please keep you still this need to see keep it. this aspect ratio. This yeah. is fantastic. 
No, I thought, I can't wait to go watch it again. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.